Hello, everyone, and welcome to Expect a Miracle podcast with Richard Roberts. I'm your host, Richard Roberts. Each week, I bring you an exciting, outstanding man and woman of God from all over America and around the world. And today, my longtime friend, Bishop Clarence McClendon from Los Angeles, California, pastor of Full Harvest International Church, where I have preached. And if you haven't preached there, you haven't preached. Bishop McClendon, God bless you, and welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Roberts. It's so good to be with you, man of God. And uh, what a joy it is to see you face to face uh, as uh, in this time. So I'm very, very happy to see you. Glad to be here. Well, praise God. And let me just say, as we start, please give my love and greetings to your dear wife, Priscilla, and your children. Uh, they have I been so, so precious to me over these years. I will certainly do it. And uh, our greeting to Miss Lindsay and all of your family as Amen. well. Amen. Thank you. You know, I guess it was about 10 years ago that out of the blue, you telephoned me. Yeah. And we had not ever met. Now, I had seen you on television. I had heard you preach. I had enjoyed you. Lindsay and I had enjoyed you on uh, different television programs, but we had never met personally. When all of a sudden uh, we got on the phone together and it was like we had been friends. Uh, we had such a, a distinct uh, uh intricacy in our backgrounds together. And I found out that you were born and raised in Illinois, but you transplanted out to Los Angeles, California, which is quite a transplant, by the way, to go from Decatur, Illinois. In fact, I got to ask you, how did you get from Decatur to Los Angeles? <laughs> I was a young Baptist boy preacher. My father was a pastor, as you know, and uh, I got filled with the spirit of the Lord uh, sovereignly, supernaturally. I'd never been to a Pentecostal charismatic church. I'd never heard anyone speak with other tongues in the sense of with any sort of fluidity. And I got, uh, I received the infilling of the Holy Spirit. I was already pastoring a, a little church under my dad's jurisdiction there. And through a process of events, I was led to go to Dallas, Texas, to Rockwall, Texas, uh, when Dr. Larry Lee was there at the great uh, church, uh, church on the rock. And it was from there that I met a man of God who was pastoring in the city of Pasadena, California. And through a supernatural set of events, the Lord had me to follow him and be a part of his staff. And that's how I got to Southern California. And you've been there ever since. Well, having preached in your church myself uh, several times over these years, I can tell you that the power of God flows in a supernatural way in those services. And it's, a, it's always been a joy to be with you. Tell me, how did you first get started in ministry? I, I know you started when you were very young, but how did you know that the call of God was on your life to preach. I know many people say, well, uh, you know, they see us on TV and they see us on podcasts and, and they wonder, well, how, how did it start? What's the first thing that happened that lets you know on the inside that God had a calling on your life? You know, it began with me, Richard, as, as I said, I was, I was a PK, you know, I was the second son of a very prominent Baptist pastor uh, in Illinois. Uh, there were three of us boys, one girl, all three of us are preaching the gospel today. I was seven years old when I gave my heart to Christ. I was baptized by my father. Mm -hmm. And not shortly after that, I was seven, eight years old. I, I sensed the call of God felt that I sensed, I heard the voice of the Lord say, 
you will preach the gospel. But I didn't say anything about it. Mm -hmm. uh, my father had a, he had a saying, <laughs> he, he said, I will never call any of my sons to preach, but if God calls them, I'm going to make sure they're ready. <laughs> so he would, you know, school us in the scriptures. We had to do various things. And so one day about, I was about 11 years old and I came to my father and I said, I said, dad, how do you know? I mean, how do you actually know if you are called to preach the gospel? And my father said to me, he said, son, if the call of God is upon you, he said, son, so you may hear an audible voice. You may not. You may feel strongly impressed. You may not, because I hadn't told him at that time. He said, if you are called to preach, he said, the call will never leave you. Mm -hmm. the, the, the sense will never leave you. And he said, I always tell young men, if you can possibly do anything else but preach the gospel, then you should be doing something yes. else. <laughs> you know, uh, it was sort of that, like, Paul, woe is me if I preach not the gospel. And that's what I sensed even from an early age. Uh, and it was so it was at 11 years old that I, I, I knew rather significantly that I was called of God. And then it, it was at 15 years old that I answered the call to preach. Well, you, you remind me, my own father, Oral Roberts said to me, son, you'll know it's the voice of God when it just keeps coming and keeps coming and keeps coming. It's almost relentless in it's coming at you. And, and you can't get away from it until you obey. Now, that's what I hear you. That's what I hear you saying. That's exactly it. And, and I will not, you let me not, let me not hesitate to say that your father's ministry and your own had a great deal to do with me continually hearing that call of God, because I remember as a kid, you know, nine, 10, 11 years old, watching Expect a Miracle on mm -hmm. Sunday morning and just being uh, enraptured with the call of God. It was just something I could not get away from. Well, I thank God for that. Uh, you pastor in a very tough city. You pastor in a tough area of the city, south of Los Angeles, down just south, not too far from the Los Angeles International Airport. Now you're in a you're in a tough area. There's a lot of crime in that area in Los Angeles. Uh, how how have you how have you ex expounded on the Word of God in that area, and how how are you making an impact in the community? You know, Richard, there are a couple of things. I remember very very early on when. I knew the Lord had set me in this city and in this region. And I'll, I'll never forget a, a, a couple of things. Uh, I'll, I'll never forget uh, one morning I, I woke up, uh, you know, I was getting ready to go and preach. And it was one of those days in Southern California. It was a beautiful day. Sun was shining. Uh, the Lakers were in the championship <laughs> series. Uh, you know, they need uh, prayer. They needed prayer this year. <laughs> they did need prayer. And I, I don't think the saints were praying enough. But anyway, that's, that's, a, that's another conversation. It was one of those beautiful days. There had been snow in the mountains uh, up near San Bernardino. Uh, there were people that I knew that were going sailing that day. And I thought and, and, and we were right around like, uh, you know, Oscar time and and Golden Globe time. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, in order to make an impact in this area, I mean, people have a lot of options. They could go one hour and go skiing. You could go an hour the other way, go uh, uh, boating, uh, you know, water skiing. You can watch the Lakers. You can go to the Dodgers. 
There's a lot of things vying for people's attention on the weekend in Southern California. And I realized if you are going to get the attention uh, of this people with the gospel, you have to be preaching not only a gospel of power uh, and demonstration, but you have to be giving people things that will work in their lives on Monday through Saturday. Mm -hmm. it, it, it has to be functional for them. So I made a real focus on making sure that without compromising the gospel in any way and without compromising the power of God, because, uh, you know, when you have, uh, there are certain things that are undeniable. The power of God is undeniable. The miracles of Jesus are undeniable. The healing grace of Jesus is undeniable. You must have that in a region like this. I really do believe. But then you also have to have a gospel that is working for people in the everydayness of their lives. As your dad used to say, and as you would say, going into every man's world with right. the gospel. And we made a focus on that. And I believe the Lord has honored that and has consistently given us a, a, a powerful audience here. The other thing I, I, I think we really focused on, you know, during, for example, during the pandemic, you know, the Lord had spoken to me a few months before the pandemic hit. It's something we had all, we've always done. We had just moved into a new location, as you are aware, and we needed to reach out in that region. The Lord spoke to me just a few weeks before the pandemic hit. And I was meditating in, in Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil. And while I was meditating in this, uh, I was impressed to look up this doing good aspect because I had always thought that the doing good and the healing were the same thing. It, it was uh, uh, a further amplification uh, healing all was a further amplification of doing good. When I looked up the word doing good in the original Greek language, as you know, the, the New Testament is delivered to us in, it carried with it the connotation of philanthropy, mm -hmm. that the doing good of Jesus was not just his healing ministry, but there was a philanthropic aspect to his ministry. And you see this reflected even, you know, when uh, when Jesus would give certain instructions and, you know, it says Judas held the bag. And one time uh, one of the gospel writers said when Jesus gave an instruction, you know, Judas thought he was telling him to go give money to the poor because this was something that Jesus did. Mm -hmm. And I realized that Jesus did not have crowds just because he was anointed. He didn't just have crowds just because he was moving in the power of God, not to minimize that because that is important. But there was also a philanthropic aspect of his ministry that people could not deny. So we decided to begin doing something. And interestingly, during the pandemic, we became the number one source of giving in food and clothing and resources to this community to the point where the mayor uh, came and chief of police and others began helping us because I recognized that there is an anointing on the body of Christ to be philanthropic and to be generous. Now, this was a, a game-changing thing for me because we've always given to the needy. We've, all, we've always given to the poor. But when the Lord 
began to show me, son, there's an anointing for this. Well, that changes the game because now there's an inexhaustible supply. Now the power of God is there on that action in another way. And so we have watched those two aspects primarily, the power of God and the philanthropic nature of the ministry of Jesus give us tangibility uh, to the community around us. So you're really giving the people a whole person healing. They're not just coming to hear you preach. Uh, and and, and t- shaking your hand and going home, you're you're giving them something that that it, it's like a full course meal. It's a it, it's it's the entire it's the entire enchilada we might say. It's being healed and wholeness in every area of your life. Yes, yeah. I, I keep referring back to because you and I have had this conversation before about the influence of your father's ministry on me. As a matter of fact, you know when you were referencing when I first called you, one of the things that the Spirit of the Lord had dealt with me about was I had received so much from the Oral and Richard Roberts ministry over the years. I had been imparted to so much. It was as if, you know, the Lord was saying, you need to to sow into that ministry on another level. And I'll never forget when the Lord said to me, and I had only met your father once and and I was in a room and had prayed. I remember the Lord ministering to me that I should minister to you and to that ministry just like I would to your to your father because of the impact that it had had and because of the impact that you had had. And that whole person ministry, that healing for the whole man, spirit, soul, and body, is something that I absolutely believe the church of the 21st century must recapture. We, we, we have to recapture that as a whole. And, uh, and I believe that, that, you know, that's one of the things that the Spirit of the Lord has helped us to begin to do. Well, you remind me, I think that's one of the major shortfallings or shortcomings, I should say, of the church generally today is that somehow ministers can easily get the idea that people are just coming to hear them and to go home. They want to be impacted in their entire life, not just at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning they, or, or 6 o'clock on Wednesday evening. They, they want to be impacted in, in their spirit, in their mind, in their bodies, in their families, in their finances, in their businesses, in their jobs, in their marriages, in their relationships, even in their emotions. They want to be touched in every area of their lives. They don't want you to be just pastor on Sunday morning. They want you to be pastor in every area of their lives. Yeah, yeah. They want healing for the whole man and for the wholeness. And that's of what their Jesus life. brought. It's what Jesus brought. It's what he commissioned us and empowered us to do. And I believe, Richard, like never before, the season that we've all come through, this global pandemic, I think like never before, people are in need of whole person ministry and healing. Yeah, I think you're exactly right, and and we are coming out. Notice, notice uh, the bishop just said, "This this season we're coming through." I like that. I like hearing you say that. We're not parking here. Uh, we're not staying with this forever. David said, "Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil." We are coming through this, and the scripture that Lindsay and I have been quoting uh, every day and believing God: "A thousand may fall at my side, ten thousand at my right hand, but it shall not come near me." 
And we have the authority. Jesus has given us the authority. He said before now, you've asked nothing. We hit me preaching here. You've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. All right, that's important. We have the authority. Notice, Bishop, notice. Now, I know you. You're going to steal this. You're going to preach this on Sunday morning. I want you to notice that when Peter and John went to the temple and they met that lame man, he didn't, they didn't pray for him. Peter and John didn't pray. They had such as I have, I give unto thee. They had Hallelujah. the power. They had the anointing in them. And now the world will call it magnetism. Okay. It's the anointing. They just don't know. They, they know it's something different. And you got it. I've got it in Jesus yes, name. And it's, it's for a purpose. It's not so we can say, look at us. It's so we can say, look at him. <laughs> that, that's it. And see, now, now you're preaching, sir. And, uh, I'm not going to stop you because I always <laughs> love good preaching and I need to hear as much as I can. But uh, our household has been standing on the very same thing. Psalm 91, praise God. And, and you know, I, I thank God for all the other aspects. I, I also have always kept this that I received from your ministry and from you, you, your, your fathers that, that both uh, prayer and medicine are both healing streams of God's power. Thank God for what's happening in the medical arena, but I've been sharing with our people even before anything was available. You need to inoculate yourself with Psalm 91. <laughs> you know that you need to make sure that you are taking a regular dose of the word of God, because uh, there is a supernatural aspect of this that the people of God must walk in. Like you're saying, you know, Peter and John said, such as I have you know i was i was reading not long ago uh you know where the story of in the book of acts where peter uh is walking by and and getting people under his shadow people got healed and i was meditating said and said son that wasn't peter's shadow he was casting it was mine what's up next for bishop clarence mcclendon what's what's on the agenda what's coming up well, I tell you, we, Richard, we have just moved in and secured finally our new location, which we are calling the Place of Grace Cosmopolitan Center. Still Full Harvest International Church, but the, the location is called the Place of Grace uh, Cosmopolitan Center. Uh, 2,000 plus seats there and television uh, uh, studios and all of that. You know, one of the things the pandemic and ministering in it and through it has is it has alerted and illuminated for us the power of not only television and live stream and all these things. One of the things that the Spirit of the Lord said to me as he put us in this area of commissioning and teaching and instruction is he said that the body of Christ globally is a part of the answer to the global healthcare crisis forever it occurs. We are supposed to be ministering healing to people. Speaking of, of healing ministry, I know how strong you are in operating in the healing ministry. Would you stretch out your faith right now and pray over people who are facing needs in their life right now and are desperate for a miracle? Absolutely. First of all, I just want you to know and understand whoever you are, wherever you are, no matter who you are, what you've done, or how long you've been doing it. Our Jesus is a healing Jesus. Yes. He's a miracle working Jesus. In Matthew chapter eight, um, a leper came 
and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus's response is, I will. And in the original language, what he's saying is, I am always positioned to do it as an active option. In other words, no matter where you are or what has happened, my will is settled. I'm a healer and I will to heal you. Our Jesus is a miracle working Jesus. So whether your situation is physical, financial, emotional, circumstantial, there's such a thing as circumstantial paralysis where circumstances get paralyzed, but the anointing of God can break through that. So let's agree. Jesus said, if any two of you, and I love this, Richard, Jesus said any two, which means we don't even have to know each other. <laughs> any two of us That's who right. will agree as touching anything they ask, he said, it shall be done for them by the father in heaven. So father, in the name of Jesus, I stretch out my hands and I release my faith. I set myself in agreement with Richard Roberts and this great healing ministry. And Lord, we pray for the people, every viewer. God, you know who they are, where they are. You know what the need is and you are the answer. And so in the name of Jesus, we take authority over all manner of sickness and disease. We come against paralysis in situations. We take authority now over demonic oppression, possession of the enemy, disorder, dysfunction, malady in the name of Jesus. We command you now to loose our brothers and let our sisters go free. And we decree the healing power of Jesus of Nazareth the healing grace of Jesus flow into your mortal body, into your situation, into your circumstance now in Jesus' name. Be made whole in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Hallelujah. And I set my faith with that prayer. Bishop Clarence, if two shall agree, you said it a moment ago, if two shall agree and you and I are in agreement and you, my friend, as you watch or as you're listening to this podcast, you make three. And the Bible says that a threefold cord is not easily broken. So I set my faith in an agreement with Clarence's prayer right now. I come against every satanic force that has tried to bind you up and to close you off. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. And I send forth his healing word according to Psalms 107 verse 20, which says he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. And I pray this faith, sending it to you in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory Praise to God. God. Bishop Clarence, <laughs> thank you so much for being my guest today. My honor, sir. It is always a joy and a pleasure to be with you in any way, shape, or form. I'm always bettered. <laughs> well, God. thank you and love to Priscilla and your children and the great congregation. Looking forward to being with you again soon and looking forward to seeing you next week here on Expect a Miracle with Richard Roberts. God bless you and I expect him to do it. If you would like to support this or other outreaches of this ministry, please go to oralroberts.com. We believe when you give to spread the good news of Jesus Christ, your giving will be abundantly multiplied back to you, according to God's word in Luke 6, 38.